0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Politically Georgia podcast, where we bring you news and analysis from all the latest Georgia shenanigans in Congress and under the Gold Dome. Today, we're joined by Marlon Walker, who has been covering the protest and the movement uh, really for the last few months uh, for the AJC on its front pages. Marlon, thank you so much for joining us.
1: No, thank you for having me.
0: Well, let's, let's get right into it because... Amid a national movement for racial equality, protesters have demonstrated for months in Atlanta, and th- those protests intensified following the shooting of Rayshard Brooks by police officers at a South Atlanta Wendy's. Um, Marlon, you've been covering the movement for the AJC, and you wrote of the neighborhood around the Wendy's, which is battling gentrification and poverty. One of the, one of the lines that struck uh, me and our producer, Bria Felician, was the shooting took away the peace that many saw here. What's been the atmosphere... In that neighborhood, been like?
1: You know, I I describe the neighborhood as as sort of the uh, inner city version of the suburban cul de sac, where you've got people who know all the neighbors and, you know, playing basketball in the corner, uh, you know, meeting and and gathering for for family outings on on the weekends. It's a mix, it's it's part sobering, um, you know, people still also getting used to living amid a pandemic. There's this big divide over what's happened at that Wendy's that is a part of the community, but also right now being seen as an outside force or factor. So it's very interesting. You know, it depends on who you speak to, what they think about the whole situation going on down.
0: Well, I want to get into that because, you know, over the July 4th weekend, things took a, another tragic turn um, weeks after Rayshard Brooks uh, killing an eight year old girl was shot and killed near the restaurant. And you visited again that, that neighborhood shortly after that. What, what did you find?
1: Frustration more than anything. I think at one point there were a lot of people who were excited about the conversations that they saw that would come out of everything that was happening. But then with the death of eight year old Sekoria Turner several shootings taking place at that Wendy's. Again, there's a lot of uh, division and mostly with the guilty by association factor of this Wendy's being in the community. A lot of people want to make sure that the community and the Wendy's are being seen as separate entities right now. Chris Lemons, who's the president of the People's Town Neighborhood Association, described those who took over the Wendy's uh, where Sharp Brooks was killed as outsiders. And a lot of neighbors did as well.
0: Um, that's come out in, in our coverage and other media outlets' coverage that, that – and not necessarily outsiders from out of the state or agitators or, or, or like that, but just people from different parts of Atlanta and different parts of, 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 of the metro Atlanta community. Um, so what, what are, the, what are the, um, the longstanding residents, the MPU chair, the, the folks who, who do have a vested interest in that community because they live, they've lived there for decades? What do they think about how the Wendy's site has become um, uh, kind of a symbol
1: You know, some people are trying to latch onto it as a local movement to restore or um, reignite conversations that have taken place over decades about services that aren't provided to the people's town community, opportunities for growth, better community relations. All of that has become a a bit of an opportunity for them. And in the middle of this, this tragic shooting of Rayshard Brooks, followed by the fallout from that, which included several shootings and then the death of Sequoia Turner on July 4th, people are looking at this as an opportunity to go in and say, look, we have been asking for a long time for you to not treat us like the redheaded stepchild, for, for lack of a better term, and hoping that those conversations actually uh, you know, bear fruit this time around.
0: And what has happened? Um, I know that the mayor has uh, was relying on Councilman Joyce Shepard um, to lead some of those discussions. Has there been has there been any fruit from them so far?
1: From what I hear, not not so far. It sounds like the uh, neighborhoods association and some other groups may have sent Joyce Shepard and Carla Smith, who represents People's Town, for the most part, a, a list of demands. Uh, things including better community relations with city leaders and police officers, uh, you know, some things that factor into the defund the police movement that include reallocating funds to community-based activities and, and groups and, and functions. So you've got a lot of that going on, but you, you've got a lot of a need to, to make sure that this, this conversation, you know, does eventually uh, bear fruit like I said, right now, it just sounds like we're we're still in the early stages. People are still defining what it means to uh, do better by the poli- the people's town community.
0: And there's also been conversations about a, a peace center, right, uh, that would be either at the Wendy's site or near the Wendy's site. The problem, of course, is that the city doesn't own that site yet. And we're not sure if, if the Wendy's, um, the owner of the Wendy's franchise wants to sell. We've, we've been, our colleagues have been trying to reach reach the, the owner of that site um, for any sort of comment, and it's been mostly brick walls so far, but what, what do they hope for in, in a peace center?
1: Absolutely. It's more of an opportunity to provide an outlet for folks in that community to do more. To to you know to fill their time with something other than uh, just being out in the neighborhood walking around, but but to do something that's more purposeful. And I think with the, the shooting uh, of Rashard Brooks on June twelfth, people saw this as an opportunity to bring something positive into their community at that site, so that it would represent more than just the loss of life.
0: Now you said on Twitter um, you had your own sort of tense run in um, at that site, uh, that really sh- showed how, um, how even reporters who are covering these, and we've seen this around the nation, fortunately not in Atlanta, but around the nation, we've seen, um, uh, protesters, uh, and, and, reporters in some spots clash. Um, you had, you had a, a, a talk, talk about what, what the little, the, the brief confrontation you had, um, at the Wendy site a couple days ago.
1: You know, uh, about a week ago, I went in with a photographer and we were, uh, going into different neighbors who I talked to for this story that's going to run in the next few days. A lot of the issue with us in that community, one is that we do the job of, of sort of helicoptering in and only paying attention when news breaks like this. There's a situation that involves uh, another uh piece that came out of our paper. There was some frustration with the, I don't know if it was the leadership, but there was some frustration over a column written by one of our colleagues that they felt depicted the scene in in a very uh, improper light. And so with that in mind, the first thing that I was told when I went out there last week was that I wasn't welcome and it wasn't because of anything I had written, but it was directly the, the result of these columns and that we needed to go. We couldn't take photos. We couldn't step on the grounds, even though I let them know that you know I was well within my means and, and rights as, as a resident to uh, come onto the site. But, you know, eventually it, it led to guns being brandished and at that point, you know, I'm I'm here for a story, but I'm not here to risk my life for that story.
0: Exactly. Well, you you're also a high-ranking official with the National Association of Black Journalists, and so I'd like to ask you to take, you know, to to keep your journalism hat on, but also put that hat on, how do we as journalists do a better job covering those communities that that are underserved and and not reflected in the pages of our newspaper as much as they should be, or in our broadcast, or in our, our podcasts.
1: You know, as, as um, and I'm Vice President of Print for the National Association of Black Journalists, so I, I represent newspaper reporters across the country. For me, it's as simple as not being afraid. Even in the last week, I've had uh, fellow journalists colleagues in the newsroom reach out to me. And a lot of the conversation is about if I have to go back down to people's town, I need to make sure I'm safe. I grew up in Detroit, which doesn't say anything other than this is not uncommon. It's, it's not about anything other than perception. I think there are people who see certain areas of our country, certain areas of our city, especially in metro Atlanta, as something to be afraid of. And it's more from the unknown if you haven't uh, frequented a community because downtown and midtown seem to be where all the development's taking place. You know those neighborhoods and regardless of the crime that happens there, you know those neighborhoods enough to feel safe. That's how People's Town is and that's how it's become to me. In the last month or so, I've probably been in People's Town a few more than a dozen times. And for me, it was all about trying to make sure that we had a connection and a relationship with the community and the people who live there. Because again, if we're not going into communities, but we're trying to write about them, we'll do it from an ignorant place. So the first thing you do with any community, and I remember being told this when I was working in in St. Petersburg, Florida 15 years ago, any story that you put your name on, you should feel like a subject matter expert by the time you're done. And I think we often, in, in cases like this, neglect to do that or fail to live up to those expectations when we're trying to get something and then go on to the next, which may be the primary beat that we cover. I cover education, but I'm still out in people's town because there's a responsibility as a journalist to get this story right. And I think sometimes we forget about that, that, responsibility when especially when it comes to communities that don't look like where we were brought up
0: I think you're exactly right um and, and we've been talking about this podcast earlier about how how in the start of the pandemic every every reporter had put on a new hat and said they're suddenly a science reporter, even if they had they didn't have the training the proper training to be a science reporter and with the protest movement it's really brought light uh, shined a light on how all our coverage. Um, could better reflect um different communities that that, that aren't covered as much that are, that are underserved, um when it, when it when it relates to news, and that is as you mentioned you're an education reporter who's been who's been covering DeKalb County, um primarily DeKalb County for for the AJC for years now but, you've stepped up and uh, played a huge role in our coverage as have so many other people throughout our newsroom, um uh, even if their beats don't necessarily reflect. Um, you know, don't don't necessarily involve uh, protests and 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 police uh, policing and law enforcement um, because there's so many voices that need to be told in our community.
1: Absolutely, I think you know for whatever reason, uh, you know maybe due to the pandemic, there's been this national reckoning on how people are seen and treated and, and respected and acknowledged. And I think because of that, and, and in the middle of all that what we're seeing these conversations that are taking place in our newsrooms and in businesses across the country that really shed light on you know institutional practices that may not have been best suited to help people advance and in that advancement you fail to tell an entire story a nuanced story a story that gives people access to communities that they often wouldn't have the the opportunity to have access uh, it's you know it's great conversations i've been involved in a lot of conversations in newsrooms across the country especially through my role with the national association of black journalists and i've got to say it's enlightened me on a different level just to hear people in their honesty talk about what keeps them away from certain people certain places certain personalities, certain communities, and, and just the willingness to wanna to be better.
0: And this is a complicated, nuanced story that, that keeps on unfolding. Um, after Shortly after Sequoia's death, the mayor, um, I, I, the quote was, uh, the terms the police department used was cleared out, cleaned up, um, removed the roadblocks at the windy site, um, and leaders of the group that had been camped out at the restaurant denied involvement in in the fatal shooting. What, what are, I'm just curious because mayor Bottoms mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms has has become such a national figure over the last um, few, few months. What are residents saying about her approach to, to, to policing and particularly Sequoia's death and, and the, um, the Wendy's area. You
1: know, on Sunday, I reached out to some of the neighbors in people's town and some of my neighbors, you know, I live in, uh, south Cab, but everybody's keeping an eye on on the progress and then the moves made by Mayor Keisha. Uh, Mayor Bottoms has become a, a bit of a polarizing figure. I think sometimes there are people who are quick to uh, indict the moves that she'll make, especially in this in this case. You've got a lot of people who are you know, felt that her, her moves on Sunday were justified, but then at the same time, a lot of people who felt that it was too little too late. Why was a group of citizens allowed to inhabit the parking lot of a Wendy's for weeks on end with no repercussions and no control? Then you've got a situation where you've got neighbors who felt like after Sekoria Turner's death, moving in was the right thing to do. Like I said, you've also got people. I, I talked to a man, William Williams, who works at RNR Tire Service down in Peoples Town, who felt that he didn't see enough of the mayor in the aftermath of Shar Brooks' shooting. I remember he told me something, and I don't think it made to the story, but he talked about the fact that her press conference that Saturday, the day after Shar Brooks was shot, started at 5.53, and that was, at that point, some 18-19 hours after the shooting and he wanted to see more he, he you know lamented the fact that she hadn't made her way down to people's town i i tried to get in touch with the mayor's staff to see if at any point she had ventured into people's town and i'm not clear on that but there was a lot of concern with the fact that a shooting of this caliber took place and you didn't see the city's top leadership in that community and with the residents.
0: And it triggered another sort of battle too uh, between the mayor and Governor Brian Kemp. And they've, they've had an icy relationship um, at hot and cold sort of you know they've, they've been allies and adversaries over the last couple of years over some some pretty big issues. Um, but this was probably their biggest rift. and th- the governor ordered a thousand National Guard troops. Um, to protect three sites in the city of Atlanta: it's the state capitol, the governor's mansion, and the Department of Public Safety. And, and the last one was mostly because, it was pro- primarily because uh, that site was 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 vandalized over the weekend as well. About sixty um, people, um, who were described as apparent demonstrators by the Public Safety Department, um, went into the went to the surrounding area of the building and graffitied it and broke windows. And a homemade grenade was thrown in to uh, one of the rooms right near a command center. I went and saw that. Um, the computer were, the, was struck by the grenade, was still um, warped by all the heat. There was dust and debris all over the area. And just outside was where um, uh, I was told several um, officers that night, several staffers that night were, were monitoring a command center for the whole state. Um, so the governor was was physically upset. Uh, you could tell he was just infuriated by what happened um, at that Department of Public Safety site. The mayor objected to it, saying that she does not want the image that the city couldn't handle its own safety. Um, she said that it was unnecessary for a thousand National Guard troops um, to be deployed. What do the activists say? Do they, do they worry that this could escalate um, a situation in Atlanta?
1: It goes back to that original conversation about going communities where you don't understand the dynamics or the nuance or of, of the situation at hand. I think a lot of people are just concerned that the, the response is much ado about nothing or just exacerbated just because you're coming at this from an outside perspective. Again, the mayor's mansion is in Buckhead, which is, you know, close but not close enough to the communities where a lot of these troops will be deployed outside of the governor's mansion itself. And and so you've got a community that feels that somebody is making decisions based on what they see on TV almost or what they read in our newspaper.
0: Um, there's another split just two days later when Mayor Bottoms made masks mandatory um, and, and the governor who has not required masks throughout the state and actually signed an order that said that local cities can't go beyond um, what his order says, said that was an, an unenforceable. All the while, we're talking about a potential vice presidential candidate um, and a staunch ally in, ter- in terms of Kemp, a staunch ally of President Trump who's who's coming to Atlanta on July 15th. It, it all makes for a pretty volatile situation, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, and again, you've got a conversation about a pandemic that's still ongoing that has proven to disproportionately affect communities of color at at dramatically different rates. And you've got a a black mayor who seems to be looking out for the best interests of her population of residents. And you've got a white governor who seems to be more inclined to do what the economy may need to rebound in the middle of all this. I think that's the the divide that a lot of people see this from. And it's going to be interesting how everything plays out.
0: Well, Marlon, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for all your coverage and for taking the time to to speak with us today. And we'll all be following your coverage of this over the next, geez, over the next weeks, months, however long. Um, And thanks for stepping up and and covering a beat that, um, you know, that is not in – that we don't have a defined beat for really right now. I mean, you you were covering DeKalb County. You're still covering DeKalb County Education, which is a huge beat in and of itself. And big decisions are coming for that. And, and meanwhile, you're also um, basically splitting time and, and covering these other uh, transformative issues for us.
1: It's what we do. And, you know, in these moments, I think we all figure out that we're, we're not just one trick ponies. We can do a little bit more than we thought we could, or we can do a little bit more than, we, you know, we say we can. So it's, it's good to be out there and it's, you know, hopefully I'm doing something to tell the story that people see on the ground.
0: Well, that's all for this week's edition of the Politically Georgia podcast. Head to AJC.com forward slash politics to subscribe to Politically Georgia. You'll get access to our daily newsletter, along with all of our stories and updates on all things Georgia politics. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and rate us. It really means a lot to us when we do. And as always, thank you for listening.
1: Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song.